Officials in Atlantic Canada are on high alert as Hurricane Lee is set to barrel up the East Coast this weekend. The latest on the storm is that it is still from the National Hurricane Center just moments ago, updating a Category 2 storm, 165 kilometer per hour sustained winds. It's rolling north-northwest, so that turn to the north that we've been waiting for, is it is now underway. The post-tropical storm comes on the heels of a summer of precipitation extremes. In late July, three months' worth of rain fell on Halifax in just 24 hours. On the opposite coast in British Columbia, historically Canada's wettest province, droughts have been so severe that some ranchers have had to sell off their cattle. There's just not enough water to grow the crops to feed them. Now, in anticipation of Hurricane Lee, Nova Scotia advised residents to prepare for the possibility of power outages, storm surges, flooding, and property damage from strong winds and heavy rains this weekend. This storm makes it the second year in a row that Jews in the maritime provinces face a hurricane as they head into celebrating Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, which runs from this coming Friday night through Sunday. This is the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. I'm Zach Kaufman, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, September 14th, 2023. Shana Strong is a Jewish community member in New Waterford, just northeast of Sydney, Nova Scotia. At this time last year, her community was all set for Rosh Hashanah. Kosher meat had been specially driven all the way from Toronto. A chazan was flown in from Israel to lead prayer services. It was all ready to go. But when Hurricane Fiona smashed into the coast, blowing winds of up to 170 kilometers an hour, the community was left without power, light, refrigeration, or heat. Strong told the CJN Daily's Ellen Besner about how her community banded together and weathered the storm through the tumultuous holiday. We originally aired the story back in 2022. That interview in a moment. Beth David Hebrew School is now accepting new students. One of Toronto's most dynamic, egalitarian, conservative congregations is offering personalized Hebrew lessons, hands-on learning, exciting field trips, and small group activities, all with a hot dinner included. This is Jewish exploration that will last your children a lifetime. Classes run weekly on Monday nights from 5 to 7.15 p.m. starting September 18th. To learn more and enroll, visit BethDavid.com or email Adina, that's A-D-I-N-A, at BethDavid.com. That's what it sounded like inside the Temple Sons of Israel Synagogue in Sydney, Nova Scotia during Rosh Hashanah services. There was no electricity. Trees were down outside the historic building. It was cold and wet. But with the rabbi who'd already made it in from Halifax and a cantor who'd flown in from Israel, about 30 Jews in Sydney decided to brave the devastation in their region and hold high holiday services anyway. The audio comes from Shana Strong of nearby New Waterford. Her family was there in shul. They decided to tape a snippet of the services to remember the Jewish New Year of 5,783 because it arrived as the region was slammed by one of the largest catastrophic events in history to hit Atlantic Canada, according to one insurance expert's report. A post-tropical storm from Hurricane Fiona hit Shana Strong's house early Saturday morning. Winds were reported of up to 170 kilometers an hour in some areas and about seven inches of rain. 
And you've all seen the images from Newfoundland and elsewhere where people were washed out to sea. I have to honestly say I was scared. I didn't think I was. I was like, oh, it's a storm. Everybody loves a good storm. Uh, This one was... It was something I've never experienced before. And obviously, because now they're saying this is the hardest hit. This is the biggest category that we've ever had land in Canada. In Halifax, they did hold New Year's services without power at Shar Shalom Congregation on Oxford Street. But in PEI, with no power and trees down all over Charlottetown, the Jewish community decided it was safer for people to stay home, so services were cancelled. One resident of PEI, Joseph Glass, lives just outside Charlottetown. He estimates he has a 100 trees down on his property. But he was able to eat apples and honey from his one apple tree, which miraculously survived unscathed. In New Waterford, Nova Scotia, where Shana Strong lives, a tree fell on her house when the storm hit, and she hasn't had power since Friday night. She's had to throw out nearly all of the kosher food she ordered from Toronto for the high holidays. But despite being in the path of the storm, Jewish life went on in the only synagogue left on Cape Breton Island. And joining me now is Shana Strong. She was speaking to me from her car outside a hockey arena in Nova Scotia. I'm in Port Oxbury just before you leave the island. Yep. And uh, you have power. Tell us how you got this power. So I don't have power at my house. So we're out of power. So right now, basically, I'm sitting in the car. Um, All of our cell service around here has offered all of us extra gigabytes. So mine has given me 50 extra gigs to get through these number of days. A lot of places have been getting their power back. But unfortunately, um, we haven't gotten our power back. The synagogue hasn't gotten their power back. Okay, so let's go back to... You know, before the Jewish New Year hit, uh, you guys knew there was a storm coming. What? Tell us what you guys did to prepare. Um, so to prepare for it, we didn't do any like closing of like, you know, boarding up windows or anything like that. We basically filled gas tanks and our cars were filled and and just in preparation if we lost power. Okay, so then when the storm started hitting, where were you all? You were planning to have dinner people on Sunday night. What was the deal? Um uh, the storm started to hit like mid um, Friday evening. I want to say like eight, nine o'clock. The, the rain started to come. We went to bed at a normal hour, went to sleep. But at about two thirty in the morning, I was awoken by just how fierce the winds were, um, the way that it was hitting our windows, the way it felt like it was blowing through our like the windows, even though the windows obviously were closed. But it was hitting at such an intense. Um, pressure that even the blinds on the window were bouncing on the windows and things like that. I couldn't sleep through it. My husband, God love him, was able to sleep a bit. It seems to be a trend. Most women were up throughout the night and the husbands were all sleeping. Um, But Facebook, everything like that was working. So we were all chatting with each other, talking about different things that were happening. And as I made my hurricane post, because everybody posts, um, as I made my hurricane post, I heard the biggest thud. And I said, I 100% think something just hit my house. So when my husband woke up in the morning, well, it was only about an hour later, he had actually woken up, heard the thud, and then was trying to figure things out. And he said, this tree looks awfully close to the house. And it turns out when we could actually go out and assess the damage in the yard, um, a very large, I'd say about 50 feet, blue spruce, older tree has landed on our house. Um, Thankfully, it did not break through the house. Um, we haven't assessed yet what damage is actually done physically to the house. We lost our back fencing. 
Um, the pool had tons of stuff in the in still in the pool area. We're not sure about the liner. We do believe at this point um, that we may be having some sort of a plumbing issue, but we are kind of trying to keep things at bay right now, trying to make sure that we like it can be assessed by the insurance company. Um, so for the most part, that's the damage. And then we. We're now on 86 hours of no power. So we've lost everything in our refrigerators and freezers as well. And your kids so. are safe? Kids are safe. We were, we actually, once it calmed down, um, we were able to go and drive and pick them up because everybody was, everybody wanted to see the devastation. And I'm telling you, I didn't expect the devastation that we saw. Cape Breton is, you know, fruitful in trees and foliage and and things like that and then around our synagogue are a lot of the older bigger homes but also the very big oak trees and, and large trees and most of those uprooted and have blocked off all of the roads everywhere so we fortunately um left our house yesterday and went and stayed at a hotel um just because we've lost the power we've lost everything and we because gas is so scarce here we decided that we would stay at a hotel in Sydney. So if nothing else, we could walk to synagogue because we could have day services, but we couldn't have night services because there's no power there. So tell me, you, you said services. First of all, was there any damage to the synagogue? This is the Sons of Israel, right, in, in Sydney? Yeah, so amazing. No damage to the synagogue at all. Nothing has touched the synagogue. About 25 feet past the synagogue, the road is still blocked that the synagogue is on. What was the plan for services before the storm hit for Sydney? So, okay, so we brought in a canter from Israel. So he arrived in Halifax on Thursday and post-storm drove down with my uncle who had arranged everything on Sunday morning. So he's at the hotel as well. Um, everybody, so we had about 30 people, my brother and sister-in-law and family and um, her parents were supposed to come this weekend. All flights are canceled right now, but she, so we needed kosher food because we had the canter and hopefully the rabbi at least starting with us. So she flew in. We both used to work for WestJet. She flew in and I, I drove up to Halifax to meet her. So for anybody that needs to know, that's four and a half to five hours away from where I live. I drove up to meet her. The rest of the family was to come two days later. Um, but we were getting all these warnings that flights could be canceled, things like that. So she turned around and went back to Toronto and, but brought me all the food. So I had brought all the food home. So we were supposed to originally have 30 people for dinner on Sunday evening before services. And it turned out that I did have some cousins that drove down from Toronto. So they were there. My, I have two, um, older aunts that live here who are like my, like, like grandmothers to my children. So they came and my uncle who had brought the, brought the canter in, they came for dinner and we started out where it was nice and bright and it was great. And then slowly we needed to take out the lanterns and then we needed to turn the cars on so that people could see to walk to the cars because it is pitch black here. We couldn't have services um, Sunday night. We couldn't have the start of services because there's no power at the synagogue. And so there would be no way for them to be able for us to do it. Um, so we've had the daily services, the two daytime services, absolutely freezing inside the synagogue, but we were there and, you know, we're a very small community in Cape Breton to begin with. So, but we still had 25 or 30 people in services 
and which was lovely. And it was lovely to have the cantor there. And it was lovely to have what is remaining of the Jewish community's choir that has been here for 60, 70, maybe even 80 years at this point. It still contributed with the cantor and we made do with what we, we could. I would have to say towards the end of the service at one, I, I, I'm sure he had to be doing the rest of the service by heart because I don't know how he could see. There was no lights up on the Bima, so I don't like, or no sunlight up on the Bima. So I'm not a hundred percent sure how he could, he could read the words and stuff, but you know, we may do it's, it's, we're resilient. It's, it's who we are. And you had your kosher food, but no fridge. So how did you, so, how did you warm everything up? Okay. So we have a propane stove at our house, but we had some roast chicken, we had kugels, we had everything. So what we did is we set up the barbecue, we triple wrapped everything. We put the barbecue on low and used it as a, a, an oven to warm it. And I was, you asked me something, this is one thing I did prior to the storm that I forgot. I cooked a turkey prior to the storm. And then I, because we had the propane stove, I made turkey soup. Yeah. How scary was it for you? I mean, you said you, you woke up in the middle of the night, but what was it like? to hear this stuff um it was the creaking of the house and the noises that were coming with it the the fierceness on the window like we have a very large picture window too and I sat in that room while uh Darren was asleep and I sat there and I thought the like I, I considered at one point taping the window you know how sometimes when you're moving you put you put tape on the window and try to protect like the center of it and I was like, seriously, I have no idea if this window goes through. I seriously have no idea what we do next. It's it, like, I, I don't even know how we would block it. I don't know how we would hold it. Nothing would hold with that wind. We fortunately, everything else has stayed intact. We're happy. We're healthy. You know, the boys would like a little bit more, you know, light in the evening and they'd like access to their video games and things like that. But yeah, okay, you yeah. are the community builder, leader, chase the ace, very volunteer oriented. <laughs> we know uh, how many things you have your fingers in. And so what's next? Like what needs to be done and what, if anything, uh, do you need help with? Um, I don't think we really do. Like I, like I said, we were very fortunate to be able to get a hotel room because a lot of people weren't able to leave their houses. Um but through, you know, Jewish connections, we were able to ha get a room that could keep us nice and warm and we could have warm showers and, the, you know, the hotel got their power back and, and we could eat. So we were very fortunate in that sense. We were able, like, if you have patience to be able to sit at a gas station for two hours, you can, right? I think in a way we were very lucky with respect to it being the Jewish holidays because it gave us time to reflect and to think about the things that have happened over the last couple of days and things that could have happened, but also gave us a chance that we didn't have, Darren didn't have to worry about getting to work and, and, and all those things because it, it, everything slowed down. It wasn't just us slowing down for the holiday. It was everything slowed down. You know what? We can replace the food in our freezer. Like we, we've lost everything with respect to our freezers and stuff. Um, the Jewish, the, the kosher food that was brought in, we use some of it, on Saturday, but it was really supposed to also be for next week as well, because our house tends to host everybody for all the meals. So we've lost all of that, but I can, I can always go to a grocery store to, to replenish when the grocery store is open. And that is what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. We're a proud member of the CJN Podcast Network. 
Our executive producer is Michael Freeman. On behalf of myself, Ellen Besner, and the entire team at the Canadian Jewish News, I'm wishing all of our listeners a Shana Tova Umetuka, a sweet, happy, and healthy new year. May it be a year of growth, of healing, learning, and new beginnings for us all. We'll be back in your feed in 5784. Chag Sameach.